All right. So can we can we get real this morning? Oh no. Can we get real? What do you mean can we get real? What are you asking? How many of you this week have just had a bad week this week? Raise your hand. Right? Yes. Yes, definitely. Come on, get your hands up. Let's see those hands. Be honest now. Be real. I had a bad week. All right, hands down. How many had a so-so week this week? A so-so. Okay, hands down. How many of you had a great week this week? Great. Way. All right. Awesome. Y'all must have been on vacation this week. Awesome. That's great. How many of you? Well, I'm not going to ask that question. Here, here's what, I, here's what I've, I've, and we're just going to get real this morning. Here's what I've come to see a lot of. I've been in church all my life. That's a good thing and that's a bad thing. Because a good part of my life growing up, I was raised up in religion. And, you know, you go to church, and it's the traditional thing to do, and my dad was a preacher, and, and you go, and you, uh, you, man, you know the Bible stories, and you sing all the songs, and, man, dad and mom, they're, they're good with God, so I must be good with God because I'm riding dad's coattails, you know, in the church, and, and you know, things are, are hunky-dory, and they're great. And then all of a sudden, one day, you kind of start growing up, and you're realizing the things that you're doing they're not jiving, they're not working, and something's missing, and something's off, and, and you don't quite know what it is, and then there's this revelation of, of, well, you're not really following Jesus, you're just following tradition. And so, I had to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, and what was kind of funny about it was, is my born-again experience didn't happen under my dad's preaching. It happened when Pastor Donnie was at a church over between Evadale and Buna called South Mill Creek Baptist Church. And he came in, he was preaching revival. And, and I'm sure I'd met him before through Fletcher and things like that. But it was the first time that I'd really ever heard him preach. And God began to convict me and, and show me that, hey, dude, you are just lost. Then I got saved. Now, there was still growing and maturing that I had to do, but... What I've come to notice is, is that, and I said all that to say this, is that I, I have watched and seen and even experienced church life. How a lot of times people will get into this lull, into this down feeling. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you just feel like something's missing. I'm, I, I don't feel like I felt when I got saved. I feel like... Uh, everything is always against me. And I mean, we're, we've been dealing the last few months with sicknesses. And this week, man, this week was tough, dude. Uh, had a tooth yanked out of my head. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. Yeah, we're going to get to some details. Yeah, it's kind of gross. But uh, some sickness, I mean, there's all kind of sickness going on. Tummy sickness, strep throat. All, y'all know what I'm talking about? And then, and then you know, it's just the, getting the, the rain comes and the weather gets muggy and then it gets cold. And then, you know, the job's not going quite right. And things at home just seem like, Bleh. and then your daughter has a, a, trauma, a traumatizing uh, thing that happens to her. And she starts freaking out, you know. 
know, and you're like, you don't know what's going on there. And so you, you know, you spend time in the ER and come to find out she just needed some attention. I'm kidding, baby. I love you. I'm joking. You didn't either. I love you, baby. She, she, poor, bless her heart. I, she, I've never seen her do that before and just pray for her. It's her blood sugar gets messed up, but, but, uh, you know, Chad was there and he loved on her and she felt better. That's what Chad and Christy, so. But, you know, and then we've had funerals this week. And, you know, yesterday was one. And y'all pray for the West family. They, uh, Brother Diane lost a brother-in-law this week. And they're having a funeral tomorrow for them. And, you know, you just have those seasons, you know, when things are just not that great. Wednesday night, I don't know, I, I don't know how many of y'all were here, but don't miss Wednesday nights. I'm telling you. There is some rich yum-yum going on on Wednesday nights. You know what I'm saying? When I say yum-yum, you know what yum-yum is? Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's good. Yeah. It's like Jesus Bluebell. It is good. And, and Pastor Chad, he started talking Wednesday night. And, man, I'm sitting there going, whoo, this is good. Just talking about how we need just to, just to know how blessed we are and how good God is. You know? And how we just get so down so easy, you know? But, you know, most of the time... And not all the time, not all the time, so don't you hear me wrong, but a lot of times we're down because of the things that we do to ourselves. It's the choices we make, right? It's, it's the things that we, you know, we talk about, man, I'm so tired. I don't have time for nothing. And you look, and if you step back from the big picture, look at all these irons you got in your fire, man. And you're wearing yourself out. All these things that you're doing. God's going, I didn't put all those irons in your fire. You did. You know? And we just consume ourselves with stuff and mess. And we get tired and wore out. And then, and then finances get in a rough, rough place. You know, we're like, man, my finances stink. And we look back and we went to Sonic 15 times last week. You know, and we spent $700 <laughs> on tater tots. You know? I'm like, why is my finances messed up? Because you eat too many tater tots. Go buy a bag of tater tots at Walmart and save t- ten times the amount that you spend. Well, I don't like cooking tater tots. Okay, there's your problem. But there's easy fixes. There's easy fixes to a lot of these things, and it's a lot of self-destruction. You know? Say that word, self-destruction. Self-destruction, and we're destroying ourselves in so many ways. And I want to go to Psalms 51, because I kept hearing this week, that Pastor Chad, you know, they, it's been a busy time for everybody, and, I, and he said, would you, would you preach this week? I said, yes. And the, the word kept coming to my, to my heart, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. How many of you can remember... When Jesus stepped into your life. Do you remember? See, some of you don't. Some of you, he hasn't yet. I don't say that to condemn you. I say that so that maybe it might be something you realize today. Jesus. There's an old hymn we used to sing. What a wonderful change in my life has been brought since Jesus came into my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Uh Uh-huh. You know, down in my heart. I've got this joy, this happiness, this zeal. And, 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 you know, we, I'm going to get out of my place here. I don't care. Uh, In in Nehemiah, 
uh, uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, I think it is. Uh, Ezra is reading to the people, the children of Israel. He's reading the book of the law, the law of Moses. And as he's reading it, they had never heard it before. And, they're, and he's reading it, and they start crying. And they're hearing all these laws, and they're like, oh, my God, we've broken every one of these things, man. Oh, God, this is horrible. I did that yesterday. Oh, you did it again today, too. Oh, my God, Lord, what is wrong? And they're weeping, and they're crying. And, and go, hold your place in Psalms. Go to Nehemiah. Go to Nehemiah. Let's just go there. Where is Nehemiah? There it is. It's in the Old Testament. And that's all I can tell you. Nehemiah chapter 8. Yeah, yeah. Chapter 8. Make sure I'm saying that right. Yep. And we're going to read verses 9 and 10 real quick. They had just, now Ezra is there and Nehemiah is there. They're all there. The, pro, the, the priests are all there. And they're, here's all these people, all these tribes. And they're out there and the people are listening. And, and he's reading the law of Moses. Now, y'all know there was a lot of laws, especially the Ten Commandments. But there was a whole bunch more than that. This book of laws and every one of them. And he's, he's basically telling them, if you break these laws, God is not happy with you right now. Oh, God, we're going to die. Tears are flowing and snot's flowing and there's, they're laying on the ground and they're throwing dust on their head. Just bury me, Lord. Kill me now, Lord God. Oh, God. How many of y'all feel that way sometimes? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand, Mickey. Mickey, don't raise your hand. You feel that way because you, you know the Word of God speaks to you. And, and the good thing is the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, He begins to speak to you. He says, you're not supposed to do that. Oh, here they are, they're weeping and they're crying. Verse 9, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, uh, uh, and Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. And he says this, he says, Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. He said to them, Go your way, eat, the fat and drink sweet wine. He'll drink what? Well, he said sweet wine. It was grape juice. We'll see. And send portions to everyone. Share it. Share it with everybody. Who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. But wait, he just read to them the book of the law. He read to them all the things that they had been doing wrong. How are they supposed to have joy? Because it wasn't their joy they were leaning on. It was the joy of the Lord. That was their strength. See, we've got our joy, our joy uh, box mixed up. We say, the joy of the bank is my strength. The joy of my job is my strength. The joy of the lake is my strength. The joy of my spouse is my strength. Why are y'all laughing? <laughs> Jessica, you okay. The joy of my children is my strength. 
<coughs> See, we're out there and we're trying to find joy in all these places all over the place. Joy, I need joy over here. I can find joy over there. Entertain me. Entertain me. Make me happy. Make me happy. And nothing's going to make you happy but the joy of the Lord. You can search everywhere. You can look high and low. You can go to the other end of the world and travel all over the place. You can stay in the finest hotels. You can eat of the finest food. But it will only satisfy you for a little moment. But when you're down and you're troubled and you're sick and you're hurting and you feel lost and you don't know what to do, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you're in an ER and you don't know what's going on with your daughter, who you love so much, and you, the doctors are going, we don't understand, we don't know, we think it might be this, we think it might, might be that. I want somebody to tell me what they know. But even in the midst of that, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Even when I don't understand why I feel like I feel, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We've got to stop looking for love in all the wrong places. Can I get an urban cowboy hallelujah this morning? Yeehaw. Yeehaw for Jesus. I'm going to say it. Hootie hoo. Okay. <laughs> Psalms 51. Let me set the scene for you. Psalms 51. 2 Samuel chapter 11, chapter 12 tell the story of David. And David goes up on the roof. Oh, oh no, I'll start saying. Yeah, you got it. He's on the roof and he's looking for joy. Looking across the great city. Look at all the things that God has made. And as he looks across to another building, he finds joy. Her name was Bathsheba, heavy on the bath. She was in the bath, Bathsheba. And there she was taking a bath. And David's looking, he goes, I've been there. I've been, oh, I haven't been there. He says, whoo, she pretty. He didn't cover his eyes and walk away. Oh, no, he said, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? He was, he was happy. And what's amazing is, is in three verses, four verses, two, three, four, and five in chapter 11, he sees her, he goes and gets her, he has relations, and she's pregnant. It took four verses to do that. That's all it takes, folks. Four verses. Zip, bam, boom, baby. That's it. And she tells him at the end of, of, of uh, verse, uh, verse 5, she says, I'm pregnant. He goes, uh-oh. So he got to try to fix what he messed up. How many of y'all, oh, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I got to fix what I messed up. So he goes and has her husband killed. Easy solution. Kill the man. That'll fix everything. That's what some of you ladies say all the time. 
Just kill that man. It'll fix it all. <laughs> and then, chapter 12, here comes Nathan, the prophet. Nathan Barker, yeah. <laughs> and he says, David, I got to tell you something. He said, man, there's, there's this rich guy and this poor guy, and man, they both got sheep, and you know, and... Uh, Poor guy, he's got one sheep there, and this rich guy has a guest come in, but he don't want to kill any of his sheep. He don't want to take them, so he goes and has the poor man's sheep killed to feed his friend. And David says, what? Kill him. Nathan looks at him and goes, uh, David, that man is you. David goes, huh? This is what the Lord says to you today. That man is you. David's like, oh, my goodness. And so as we see in Psalms, which are a book of songs, these are songs of prayer and worship that David has written. David says, well, in that case, I think I'll write a little song. And begins to pray in a song. In, ver in chapter 51 of Psalms, it says this. Uh, at, at, I have like a little subtitle. It says, uh, to the choir master, a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. This is what he says. The first thing out of his mouth is, have mercy on me, God. Have mercy on me, God. How many of you know God is a God of mercy? He is, I'm telling you. What's the, what's the, the last thing you want to do when, when the Holy Spirit calls you out on something, last thing you want to do is talk to God. You want to run every which direction. You don't want to deal with it. You're like, God don't want to hear from me. God don't want to hear what's going on. That's what the enemy's telling you. He don't want to hear where I went wrong. God already knows where you went wrong. He knows what you've done. The first thing we need to do is go to him. Just like David right here. Wind blowing my pages. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Well, he's reminding God real quick. God, you got, you got steadfast love, Lord. Steadfast love. That means firm. That means it's unchanging. Your love doesn't change, God. According to your abundant mercy, God. You're full of mercy, Lord. This is Old Testament. Remember that? Hey, we're New Testament church. We ought to be shouting right now. You notice I said that with my fake teeth, shouting, yeah. <laughs> he says, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly of my iniquity. Iniquity is sin you haven't even committed yet, it's what you've been, it's, it's kind of like the prelude to sin. You know, the thinking about sinning, the wickedness that comes in, yeah. It says, blot out my transgression, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, the things that I've wickedly done. This is David. He says, for I know my transgressions. How many of you know your transgressions? You know them. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. I've got my, here. I know my transgressions. You ain't got to sit there and point them out. I know what they are. I know. I know what's going on wrong in my life. Holy Spirit's like, you know, I know. I know. I can sit there and talk about them. We ain't going to talk about them right now. We ain't got time for everybody to get up and talk about their transgressions. We got to go home and do things and think, you know, we'd be here forever. And my sin, David's saying, my sin is ever before me. It's right there in my face all the time. 
I know what happened between Bathsheba and I. I know what I did. I know it's right here. And he says this to God. He says, against you, you only have I sinned, God. When all comes down to it, the main one that matters is God. When you stand before God on judgment day, you're not going to be able to say, well, it was his fault or it was her fault or acted like this because of them. It's all because of what you decide. And you will have to answer for you. And I will have to answer for me. And I've done what is evil in your sight so that you, God, may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. God, you could do whatever you want because you are God and you have every reason to. I know what I've done wrong. You got every right to squish me like a bug, to leave me as just a greasy spot on the floor. But thank God for his mercy. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Hey, we were born in this mess. We can't use that as an excuse, though. Well, I was born like this. You got choices. You got choices. I got choices. I like this part. David says, Behold God. He's talking to God. You delight in truth in the inward being. In other words, God, he says, God, you're happy when I get real. When I get real with what's really going on in here, you're happy about that. See, how I many of you know it's, real, it's easy sometimes to put on a facade? It's easy to put on that mask, you know, and walk around like you got it all together. You know, I got my ducks in a row. Do you know why most people do that? Because of pride. It's pride. It's pride whenever you go around going, I don't want anybody to think I got problems. Everybody knows you got problems. You got 99 problems, and sin is one for sure. I know that's a rap song. I don't know who sings it, and I'm sure it's bad, so I'm not going to say all of it. I don't know it all. That's all I know about it. It is, really. I probably even said whatever. I don't know. Uh, it says, but you're, you, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. What does that mean? We always go to that scripture that the natural man discerns not the things of God for their foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned, right? That's the secret heart. It's a spiritual discernment. It's knowing what God is actually saying because in a natural mind, you can't understand it. But God gives wisdom. He's giving wisdom, teaching you wisdom in the secret heart. Amen. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And I like this part. He says, let me hear joy and gladness, God. How many of you want to hear joy and gladness from the Lord? Yeah? I do too. I don't want to hear thunder and lightning from the Lord. I want to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. He's talking to God here. What do you mean God breaks bones? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. There was a story that talks about a shepherd, that the sheep that kept wandering off. And to get the sheep after a period of time to quit running off, that he would have to break the leg of the sheep to train it to stay in the flock. Am I saying God's going to literally take your leg and break it? 
I don't know, he might have to, but I think it's places in our life where he has to break us at times to get us to focus back our attention on him. The Bible talks about this, we've said it before, that he disciplines those that he loves. If you're his child, he's going to discipline you. That's what a good daddy does. He loves you, he teaches you, he disciplines you when you get out of line. It's not, it's not, to, it's not to hurt you, it's to realign you. Because pain brings memory. That's why some kids don't, don't mind. Because there's been no pain applied to their life. That's a whole other message. We'll go there some other time. He says, hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. And, and, and right here is where I want to get to the part where I want to stay for just a minute. Many of you have probably heard this. I've heard it in a song growing up. But I want to kind of break this down because I really believe as a church, this should be our prayer. It should be our prayer not just for ourselves, but it should be our prayer for each other. You know, there's a lot of preaching that goes on in the church and a lot of praying that goes on for people out there. But there needs to be an equal amount of prayer going on in here and preaching going on out there as well. We need a good combination of that. And I think sometimes there's a lack of prayer that goes on in the church. Sometimes we get caught up in our own lives, kind of a selfish mode, a selfish saint. And we start thinking about ourselves and praying for ourselves. You know, Job, when he went through everything he went through, I know I'm getting off track again. Job went through everything he went through that God had taken him through. And man, I don't, oh, I don't want to go through what Job went. People say, oh, I feel like Job right now. You don't even know. You ain't got a clue what Job went through. And at the end, the last chapter, Job had lost everything. This man had fortunes. This man had a family. This man was blessed. I mean abundantly. And every bit of it, gone away. His friends cursed him. His friends walked away from him. And in the last chapter, it says this. It says, and God restored the fortunes of Job twice as much as he had when he prayed for his friends. Not when he said, God, help me, help me, God, help me. When he prayed for his friends. We need to be praying for each other. Gateway Church is at a place right now. I, I, I wish you all could see in your spirit the potential of what God can do through this church. And it involves every one of you. It's not the potential of William and Chad and the elders and Pastor Donnie, Pastor Mickey, and Pastor Nick. It's not, well, let's see what God does through the elders. It's what God can do through every one of us here. The potential. But until we become selfless, that will not happen. This is the prayer. Listen, we're going to, we're going to break this down a little bit. 
the first thing David prays here is he says this. He's talked about his sin. He knows he's sinned. He knows he's messed up. He knows how good God is. He knows God is merciful. He's saying, God, I know you can blot out my transgressions, God. You can fix all these things. You're, you, when I'm honest with you, God, you, you listen. You, you take delight in that, God. All these things. So here, God, is what I'm saying to you. Create in me, God, a clean heart. You know what the word create means? It means do something in me that I cannot do on my own. Only you can. Make something happen in me, God, that only you can do. You can make it happen. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And, and renew. Say renew. Renew a right Spirit within me. A right spirit. How many of you know that there's a wrong spirit? How many of you know many times we can walk in a wrong spirit? Renew. Restore it. You ever seen an old car? Some of you people have been around a little while. You younger folks. And you, and you remember those 1957 Chevys. And then you watched over the years as, as they corroded and began to, to deteriorate. And you see them in the junkyard. And then all of a sudden, somebody takes that thing. And you know what? It's still a car. Never stopped being a car. It just got affected by the world and the junk and the mess and time. And, and then they go and they get it. And they restore it. And it looks brand new, man. And people drive it down the road, and it's one of the first things you notice. You're like, whoa, did you see that car? Man, it looks brand new. Restore. It says, renew, renew a right spirit in me. Renew a right spirit in me. And David goes on here and he says, cast me not away from your presence. Can I tell you one of the most important things that we need in this church is the presence of God. We need the presence of God. If we don't have the presence of God and we don't come in to meet with God, then we have become an elk lodge. We've become a community center. We become a hangout place. This is no Elk Lodge. This is no VFW. It's no country club. This is a place where we come to meet with God and fellowship with God's people at the same time. We need the presence of God in this place. We should be so hungry for God's presence when we walk in here that whatever's happened in the middle of the week means nothing. All I care about is getting in your presence, God. And you know, here's the thing. is We shouldn't just want God's presence here in this place. We should want it everywhere we go. We want His presence everywhere we go. When I'm on my job, God, I want to be in your presence. When I'm in my vehicle, Lord, I want to be in your presence. When I'm at home, Lord, oh God, fill my home with your presence. We used to sing that song, come and fill our homes with your presence. You're worthy of our reverence.
As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God's presence. It says, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Some people stiff arm the Holy Spirit. Because you know if the Holy Spirit has his way in you, it's going to mess you up. And I like my little life. I like the way it is. It's so comfortable here in my depression. Holy Spirit, I release you to have your way in me. Have your way in me. God, your presence in my life. We sing about it. We sing about it all the time. Oh, it's a beautiful songs. Your presence is heaven to me. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Just don't mess with me. And this is the part I want to get to. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore the joy of your salvation, God. We have every reason in the world to be full of joy. I just don't feel that way because you've forgotten. And maybe you've been trying to find joy in places that you don't need to be trying to find joy. The joy of your salvation. Restore. Make it like it's new, God. You know, I was talking about the, the, them, uh, the children of Israel in, in Nehemiah. I was talking about how they were weeping because of the law. And you know, in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about the word is for reproof and for correction also. And when, and when we get that reproof and correction, we tend to get a little down in our, because, oh, I've been revealed what's going on in my life. But listen, even though we sin greatly, we serve an even greater Savior who is constantly working on us and transforming us and changing us. Even in conviction, rejoice that God is doing a great work in you. It's His salvation in you. His salvation in you is changing you. It's transforming you. It's realigning you. It's fixing things in your life. This week, I've been dealing with this tooth at the front of my mouth right here. And, and, and man, as I began to go through this process in my life, God just began to turn it into like this message. And I'm going to hurry up and try to tell it as quick as I can. But when you don't take care of even the little things, it can begin to cause problems in your life. And I was brushing my teeth, but I didn't floss. Anybody know what I'm talking about? takes too much time to floss, right? I said, floss. I said that. Okay. So I, I knew there was pain. Man, the pain was hurting so bad it was shooting up through. Me. You know what a toothache feels like? Oh, Lord Jesus. Somebody just have a witness with me. You know, oh, Lord, yes. And it was going up through my eyeball and, and down my jawline. It even hurting down the bottom of my, it was just, oh, throb. And I was like, man, this is miserable. And I could tell there was a slight discoloration. And even when people saw it, they could see, oh, I see, I can see there's a little something going on there. You know, when you've got some issues in your life, it ain't hard for people to see it. It ain't. 
You think, you think I'm, I'm hiding it. I'm, no, they can see it. And that pain of that issue affects everything about you. You can't think. You can't sleep. You can't function because this nagging pain that's going on. And what was happening is, is the, 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 the cavity in it was on the sides. Both sides. You got to see that thing. It's ugly. I started to bring it, but I said, no, I'm going to gross you out. So, and, and, and what had happened was I let it go on for so long that it began to cause an infection. Do you know if you let things go on too long in your life, it can become an infection in your whole life? It can infect your family. It can infect your kids. It can infect everything that you do when you prolong not getting it fixed or extracted. So I went to the dentist. And if I would have went sooner, it probably wouldn't have cost as much. But it cost me more because I didn't go sooner. Thank God for his provision, for his blessings. But I went in and I took, I took antibiotics for a week and a half. And even though I took it, it, it helped relieve some of the pain. It didn't get out all the infection. And so because of that, it wouldn't numb all the way. And so as we get into the process of the extraction, I'm feeling everything that's going on. Every pull on that nerve, every tug on that. Yeah, some of y'all are cringing right now. You know. And finally... There, I got people around me crying. I'm literally crying. I'm not crying. You know why I'm not crying? Because I saw Brother Donnie and Chad standing over me going, Suck it up, big boy. You got this. Arr. I ain't going to cry. Get back in there, Tear. Get back in there. And she grabbed those pliers. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, I felt something. I don't think it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Woo. And she told me this. Now, this is my cousin who used to live here in this area. And she's up in Dallas now. And she lives amongst all the rich folk. She said, I'm about to go Hardin County on you. And I knew trouble was coming. How many of you know what Hardin County is? You know? I know what it is. And she went, <clears throat> and I went, <laughs> and it was out. And I said, oh, thank you that that's out of my life. The pain is over. And then she said, now we have to scrape out the infection. Mmm, now let's go eat lunch. Mmm. And so that got done. Then she said, now we got to put stitches in it. You know, there are things in our life that we allow to keep going and keep going and keep going. And they're causing us pain. They're causing infection. And God's saying, just let me extract it. Just let me pull it out. If you don't, do you know this infection could have gotten so bad where this placement was? It could have went up into my brain and killed me. 
Do you know that some of the things that are affecting our lives can get so bad that it can kill us spiritually? Sometimes even physically. God today wants to restore the joy of your salvation. I'm going to wrap this up right now. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Not my salvation, your salvation, Lord. And uphold me, stand me up, hold me firm with a willing spirit. A spirit that says, God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Here I am, Lord. I surrender. I am yours. I like this part. Then, then, once all this is done, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Do you know we are the salt of the earth? That's what the Bible calls us. Do you know what salt does? Makes you thirsty. Let me ask you something. I don't want you to think about nobody else. Think about you. I'm thinking about me. You think about you. When we walk out this door and we walk into the world, is our life making anybody thirsty? Do they want what you got? Does anybody just look at you and go, there's something different about you? Man, I, I am hopeless. I am in pain. I am hurting in my life. But man, you just, something is just about you. Listen, guys, I know we have rough times. But some, some people just live in depression. Some people just live in sorrow. Some people live in bitterness and anger. And this is how they walk around. I love Jesus. I don't care about you, but I love Jesus. We are made in His image. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the joy of His salvation is in us. And we are the salt of the earth. And we are a light. And we are a reflection of Him. Some of you today, your joy has been fizzled. And you need to remember. You need to pray this prayer today. Create in me, God, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me, God. Lord, I need your presence in my life. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to come and do what you want to do in me. And God, in all of this, restore the joy of my salvation, God. Help me to remember that I was lost and I was headed for hell. And I was headed for a place that was the fire never stopped. And the fire wasn't quenched. And the worm never died. And it was full of evil. And Satan and his demons torment forever and ever. But God, when you stepped in, you turned me around and you gave me a mansion in heaven. You said, we're no more crying and no more dying. And no more tears were going to be shed, God. And I'd walk streets of gold. And I, began to, and I would see my daddy, Lord. I would see my son 
again, Lord. I would see my grandparents, and I would see Jesus, and I would see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we would feast together, and we would live together, and you're going to change me, and you're transforming me, God, and you set me free from what I used to be. I'm not there anymore. I'm now a born-again child of God, Lord, and I'm free, God, and you love me, and you care for me, and you're my refuge when I'm hurting, God, and you're one that picks me up when I'm down, and you set my feet on solid rock. Why have we forgotten what God's done in our life? The joy of salvation. The joy of what God's done in us. Weep no more. Cry no more. Listen. The Bible says this in Psalms 30. It says, sing praises to the Lord, O His saints, and give thanks to His holy name. And his, it says, for His anger is but for a moment, but His favor is for a lifetime. His favor is for a lifetime. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know what? There's going to be hard times. There's going to be sorrow. We think we've got it bad. What if you had to live a life like Paul? Persecuted, shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, put in prison. We don't have it that bad. That day might be coming, but we don't have it that bad. We should be so full of the joy of the Lord in our life to know what He's done in us. I'm here today to remind you of what God has done in you and what He's doing in me. Nope, you're not perfect. Don't use that as an excuse. I'm not perfect, so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. No, strive. Strive. Claw your way to the Lord. Go for it. God, I'm with you, God. Push this thing aside. Get that out of my life, God. I'm coming, Lord. I'm with you, God. Nothing's going to stop me, Lord. You're with me, God. You're my strength. You're everything I need. You're my joy. You're my joy. How many of you would say today, I need my joy restored. The joy of the Lord, my salvation. How many would say that today? Can you today? Hands, a few. So everybody's got the joy of the Lord in them and they're happy and everything is great to good go. Man, I'm telling you, listen. Can we get real with ourselves today? Can we get real with ourselves today? We need to walk out of this place today saying, God, I'm yours. And God, I am so happy with what you're doing in my life. I surrender, God, everything that I am. As Sharissa comes this morning to play, bow your heads with me. Transformation. The song we used to sing when I was a little boy said, he's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. You know what? God's still working on you. And the more we allow him to work on us, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to become involved in our life, the more he will transform us. And the more our joy will be real. I'm, listen, I'm not talking about a hype. I'm not talking about a facade. I'm talking about the real joy of the Lord.
I don't want you thinking about anybody around you. Nobody. I want you thinking about you right now. Yourself. If the reality of that God right now standing with you, standing in front of you, could you say in truth that I walk in joy? Could you say that? Or have you tried to find joy in other things in this world? All I'm asking is you just to be real with yourself today. I need to be real with myself today. I want to give just a short opportunity for us to come to this altar. And when we do, I want us to pray. And hey, you know what? You don't have to come. You can come to the altar if you want to. In a minute, we're going to stand up. And I want us all to pray together that prayer that David prayed. So as we stand to our feet right now, you could come to the altar if you want to come to the altar. However you need to do, whatever posture of prayer you need to be in right now, that's what we want to do this morning. So right now, whether where you are or whether you come to the altar right now, I want right now just a, a moment of, of surrender. I want us to surrender. If that's raising your hands before the Lord, to surrender, raise your hands before the Lord. Whatever it might be, and I want us to pray this together. Say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit, a right spirit within me. I need your presence, God. Holy Spirit, I surrender to what you want to do in my life. Restore, restore, Lord, the joy of your salvation in me, Lord. Father, right now, Lord, we want to thank you, God. That God, that we know, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for our life and that you want to use us, God. And today, Lord, we surrender our will to you, God. God, we ask you, God, to set right in us your spirit, God. Father, that we would turn our eyes off things of this world and turn them to you, Lord. And that your joy, God, the joy of your salvation would be in us, God, and move through us, God. And then, Lord, we can go out, Lord, and transgressors will come, Lord, and sinners will follow in their face and say, I want the joy of the Lord in my life, God. Lord, use us today, God. We bless you, Lord. Sing this song. Come on.